A few years ago, a Focus staff member asked Alexis if she had any prayer needs. And at that time, my heart was so tender, and I really was feeling like I wanted to give up on this marriage. So I just told him quite straightly, like, I need help. We need help. Our marriage is very difficult, and would you pray for our marriage? And he did. She also found help on the radio. Focus on the family saved my life. It just was the lifeline that I needed every single day to keep going and keep hoping. I'm Jim Daly. Help us save more families every month by calling 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com family. Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parenting podcast. Well, according to research, young adults today are marrying and having children later in life. In fact, the Pew Research Center found 52% of young people live under their parents' roof. Now, maybe you finally became empty nesters and then... Oops, one of your kids moved back home to save money or search for a job. I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta, who leads our parenting and youth department here at Focus on the Family. And Danny, this is a really common thing these days. It's a tough economy. Things are hard. It's important to communicate expectations when our adult kids move back in. What are some of your observations about the kinds of things to cover in a conversation? Yeah, that's when it is tricky, and it's one out of every two right now. One out of every two adults, 18 to 29, is the most updated stat. And so parents are definitely crossing this this, this path with their kids. Uh, really, it's about finances in the home. Are they going to pay rent? Are they gonna, how are they going to be contributors rather than consumers coming in? It's not you're not coming in uh, to a hotel or apartment complex. You're coming back home at a different stage of your life. And that's important for them to know. It's not, hey, I'm an adult, I'm just coming in. Yeah, you're coming back home into the same home you grew up in. And so a lot of those things don't change as far as being a contributor. But as an adult, uh, you have to still respect the beliefs and, and values we have in our home, not bringing uh, people of the opposite sex and, and having them in your home, making that very clear. What does that dating relationship look like if they're in that? Uh, how do they contribute to the food and finances so that they learn how to manage? That's not mean. That's showing that they contribute because they're consuming some food in the home. Uh, rent payments, uh, that's a, a, a very creative way that parents handle this is they take rent payments from their kids, put that in a fund, and when they go to purchase their own home someday, you just add some money off of that uh, fund that they contributed to as a surprise to them, mm -hmm. not an expectation, a surprise. Hey, here's a down payment. This is all this money that you contributed as rent, and now it's going towards your home. Yeah, uh, and a great gift. I would just add, you know, regarding the rent, we actually, I drafted a rental agreement for our kids. That's they great. They all took a turn coming back home, and it was all good, uh, but it was always good to have it all up front and spelled out and and actually it was training for when they did get an apartment you know so if they leave college and come back after a year or two well let's let's help you learn what it's going to be like when you leave the house and go to an apartment or a home 
And unfortunately, the hardest one, John, has been alcohol use and marijuana. That's been the hardest one. Yeah. And you want to be very upfront and clear about that. If that's used, what is the process of that not happening in your house? Yeah. Does that mean they, they have to live somewhere else? Do they get evicted that week? When does it happen? You want to be clear so that there is no question as to what happens. Yeah, these are tough things, and that's why we talked to Dr. Kara Powell about some of them. Uh, she sat down with Jim Daly and me and shared some statistics and insights that describe today's young adults, especially those who are moving back home. I wanted to mention some of the statistical data that you found, yeah. and I'll just rattle it off and you can comment on it. Wonderful. I've got it here. 48% of families have experienced financial conflicts with their young adults. Yeah, it's one of the top sources of conflict, that's, actually, with 20 something. That seems reasonable. Uh, I don't think that's out of sorts. It didn't seem really high or really low to me, about half, mm -hmm. but it's how you're paying your rent. Are you buying food? What are you spending your money on? Yep. Right? Yep. That's conflict. Yep. And there, maybe the conflict's created because they're calling home saying, hey, mom, I need more cash. And I think it's actually, it's a little exacerbated because they're often living at home. Or living at home, right. If you look at, at home, this right. kind of boomerang generation. Do you have some money for Getting me married tonight? five years later, having kids yeah. five years later than previous generations. So, you know, the, the kind of, we, we laugh about that 20-something who comes back and lives in their parents' basement, but that's actually happening quite a bit. So, yeah. so I think that I think that's happening next week in my home. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's turn the table here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Listen in, John. I'm here listening. we go. Here we go. But that's part of it. But it seems like it's almost a normal conflict yeah, absolutely. that a lot of people struggle with. But like you, I mean, you kind of hinted at this, Jim. So then the key is, as a parent, is to have good communication with your young person sure. and to, to be able to set goals and to be clear, like, are, is if you come home, are you going to be expected to pay rent? For how long do we feel okay with you living at right. home? Let's and, get a plan together. Exactly. Yeah, I like that, that. That everybody's clear. Here's another one. 39% of families have experienced occupational conflict. That one, I wasn't quite clear if that's, um, I want my son or daughter to grow up to be a doctor. And they love doing nails. I mean, right. I don't know, whatever. Right, right, right. Um, is that the conflict you're yeah, talking about? I have a dream for parents you. Parents have expectations, and then their kid has a different okay, plan. So speak to the parent who struggles with that. What do you say to them? Chill out? <laughs> I mean, is some of it... I can remember this. I mean, this is a little... John, this will help make you feel better. Because I remember saying to Trent, he was struggling, you know, doing homework and getting grades in on time. And he was probably a ninth grader. I said, man, you're going to be a ditch digger. And I, I was in this thing for like three days yeah. saying this. Yeah. I feel horrible about it now. How effective was that? And then yeah. what, well, this, how effective it was. So he, after the 15th time I had said this, he looked at me and said, dad, as long as I love Jesus, what's What's wrong with digging ditches? Nice. Okay. Nice. That was yeah. just drop the mic Boom. moment. That was there. the yeah, drop totally. the microphone. Yeah, totally. I was like, he should okay. be hosting this radio show. You're right. Jim. You're right. I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. And that's what I said. I yeah. just I won't say that again. And you apologize. Yes. Good for you, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's. But is that the occupational problem? Yeah, there? that's okay. the occupational problem. And whether it's college or whether it's job, whatever it might be, or you know, military, whatever path you have in mind for your kid. One of my biggest encouragements to parents, and I'm I'm looking in the mirror myself at this one, is I know my own issues certainly cloud that. And I have certain desires for sure. my kid. Um, and how do I how do I really put those aside and instead be ruthless about focusing on what does God have for them? And as your son said, I mean, ultimately what's more important than where their degree is from or, you know, their GPA 
or you know their financial stability, so to speak, is do they love Jesus? And so that is the core core. That is the core. But this is the white water rapid period. Yeah. You know that kind of certainly thirteen, but that's a little bit early. But you know sixteen, seventeen, up through twenty five. And you've done that research too. How yeah. many how many young people fall away from the faith, stop going to church? Yeah. But then how many people come back? And yeah. I love the fact that you you are mindful of that. Yeah. Yeah. For that little ray of hope in that research, what do you see and what have you learned about the 30, 40 somethings that have fallen away in yeah. their 20s? Yeah. So about the, the best compilation of research seems to say that about half of young people who graduate from great churches and families from high school drift from God and the church after they graduate from high school. So that that's about the half. bad news, about half, somewhere between 40 and 50%. That's the really discouraging, depressing right. news. Uh, about half of those who drift seem to come back uh, to the church generally when they get older, get married, and have kids. Right. Um, so that's often the magnet that draws them back. So then roughly a quarter? About a quarter then don't come back. Right. Um, I think the dynamic that we're still understanding, though, is that since 20-somethings are having kids later now, they're making more and more worldview, vocational, financial, et cetera, choices before they have kids. So the the ruts of their life are deeper. And so I, so I have some questions about if that half who come back is going to stay. But at least that's what it's been for previous cohorts. So that is hopeful for those yeah. listeners. And I know it's many, 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 many listeners who's, yeah. who's kids and grandkids have drifted from from God and, and the church. We hear all the time about how God draws them back. So. Absolutely. I'll hit a couple of others right at the end here. 36% are stressed. The parents are stressed because of substance abuse uh, or use. That broke my heart. Yeah. That, yeah. 36% is a high number. Yeah. Um, 27% are concerned over educational progress. Yeah. That seems low to me, yeah, but right. maybe that's because I have boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you have teenagers. Yeah, so. right. And then 19%, this one seemed low, 19% of parents are distressed over their child's romantic life. Yeah. That just seems low yeah, to me. Yeah, that is interesting. Is that a checkout? Is, is that a parent who's simply checking out saying, especially at 18, 19, 20, well, I did my best, now it's on them. Mm-hmm. But only 19% are worried about premarital sex or things like that. That yeah. seems low to me. Well, you got to remember this is across the board. It's not just faith-filled parents. Okay. So well, okay. other parents might have different concerns than that. So Yeah. Kara, the, the one we're missing is faithing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the withing and the adulting. So quickly tell us faithing, and then tomorrow we'll unpack that more. Yeah, I'd love to unpack it more in depth tomorrow, so look forward to that. But just really briefly, faithing is the way that we as parents walk alongside our kids in the midst of their evolving, stretching, growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was quick. I mean, one of those experiences for me would be not to expect your 16, 18-year-old to act like a 50-year-old Christian. (laughs) They're going to make mistakes. Their judgment isn't formed. They don't have life experience. I can't wait to get into that with you. Uh, next time. So let's do that. Some really fascinating statistics there, especially that almost half of parents have had some financial conflict with their adult kids. Now, Danny, there are some keys, and you kind of related some of them earlier on, but uh, some keys for healthy relationships with grown children and avoiding um, being an enabler when they're living at home. What do you think? Yeah, the key the key there is relationship. And you don't tell your friends what to do. You don't tell uh, your neighbors what to do. Maybe you do, uh, but that's not going to lead to a healthy relationship. You've, you've invested in your child, hopefully up to this point, and they're going to make uh, decisions that are different than yours. 
pick and choose which ones you really want to go into to discuss from your point of view and if you have concern over. Otherwise, spend some time relating with your grown child. That's going to lead to a healthy relationship. And that means uh, maybe setting up some new traditions together, maybe setting up uh, and having them uh, speak into those traditions that you develop, being mm-hmm. consistent in your communication with them where you're trustworthy as a person. And then uh, you can offer, say, hey, anytime you want to talk about something, if you just want me to listen, just tell me, hey, just listen. And if you want advice, I'll give that and I'll be available to do that. But I'll wait for you to ask for that. Yeah. I won't just throw it in there thinking that you don't have this. It is so hard when you've invested so many years of training this child to back off. I'm just saying from personal experience, not saying something is really hard, but I appreciate what you've observed, which is there are some battles you probably do want to pick, right? I mean, if there's a child who's involved in some self-destructive behaviors, you got to help them understand, um, not on my watch, not in my home. I'm not going to enable you to do that. So you got to decide if that's more important than staying here. Right? Is that a fair way to put it? That's very fair. Uh, most of the guys that I've seen that are adult children that have come into counseling because of significant issues, whether it's uh, substance abuse or uh, severe conflict in the home, when the parents have gone towards that relationship and have, uh, with grace, stepped into this new role, but with clear boundaries and limits and availability and attunement to their child— you see that the child have to go through that wrestling match of their own life decision-making and get on the other side, and they see a trustworthy relationship that they want to come back to a secure base. Yeah. And that's what you're providing. You're not going to be able to control the destination, but along the way you can create a secure base they can come to, but with very clear boundaries and limits. Yeah, I like what Gary Chapman said, and I think I've probably have referenced it on this podcast before. You want to give your children roots— and you also want to give them wings. The The roots part is when they, after they've left, um, it's not bad if they feel good about coming home. It's just you don't want them to put down permanent roots. You, <laughs> you want to have a home that's accepting and loving and a supportive relationship, just not to the point of enabling them to make bad or self-destructive uh, behaviors or to take advantage of you. When the enabling comes many times from your own emotional sorrow and grief mm-hmm. of this is a new stage, you didn't want your children to leave yet, you weren't ready for that, you need to surround yourself with mentors and people you can talk those emotions through with and and figure out um, what you're trying to meet emotionally through your kids because yeah. that's very unhealthy. Uh, your, your, the wings part is important, that you're sending them out. You can you, the, the relationship has changed and shifted and you need to catch up with that because many times enabling comes from that, that you ah, you just weren't ready for them to leave the home. Yeah. Well, for the record, publicly, I'm ready for all of my kids <laughs> to leave ready. home. <laughs> You're ready. You're ready for them to fly, John. <laughs> if you have adult children, the book by Dr. Kara Powell and her co-author, Dr. Stephen Argue, is going to offer some really great insights, as you've heard today. It's called Growing With, Every Parent's Guide to Helping Teenagers and Young Adults Thrive in their faith, family, and future. We'll send a copy of that book along with a CD of our conversation with Dr. Powell, the entire conversation, when you make a donation of any amount to support the work of Focus on the Family. Make a monthly pledge or a one-time gift, any amount, and we'll send the book and a CD to you as our way of saying thank you. 
Our number is 800-A-FAMILY, and we've got additional details in the episode notes. Also, I would point out while you're online, do check out the parenting website. It's got so many great resources, and we know there's a lot of pain points for parents with adult children. So Danny and his team have a number of great articles right on this topic. So uh, we'll link over to those in the show notes. Next time, some practical ways you can help your team begin making their own decisions. For now, on behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire team here, Thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. 